that I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. This is Brother Frank back for another episode here on The Remnant Call and just want to thank everyone for joining me in this week. For We are one week closer than we were last week to the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, the Savior of the world, the Prince of Peace. He is coming back very soon to claim that which is His for His own. And I'm excited about it. Now, last week was a little bit more somber of a complete episode, but when you pour your heart out, on on the air like last week uh, and share your life and what happened um as you heard my wife pray in the beginning there was a there was tears even in her prayers she recalled the tough times we went through as a family because of of my actions and the things that i had done and well if you listen you'll find out by god's grace and mercy he saved an unsavable to many uh wretch like myself i remember um a few friends of mine through the years and people have seen me, you know, comments I've heard is like, you know, you should be dead by now. And and the truth is I should be, but I'm not, I'm alive and I'm serving the one who laid down his life for me. And I am excited that I have the opportunity now to share on his behalf and to do now his will. I spent enough years doing my own will. It, it got me, uh, I almost lost everything. And, uh, and I'm still suffering some of the consequences today because of my actions back then. Uh, but God, God has been merciful and he's been um, very gracious to me. Uh, even though I had messed up. So enough of that. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, please do. The Return of the Prodigal Son. Uh, You can catch it on Blog Talk, on YouTube. Uh, Go over to the Facebook Remnant Call page. And please, folks, help spread the good news about the Remnant Call. This program is different. Folks, there are so many great Watchmen shows out there, and I listen to them, and I really appreciate them. But there's not very many that are calling you to a deeper walk with God. And the point of this show is even though we're gonna, we have guests, and even though we, we do things and talk about different stuff and signs and wonders and things coming upon the earth and all that stuff, the ultimate goal is that when you're done listening, that you are now walking closer with the Lord than you were before. Because if that's not happening, if, if this show is not driving people to their knees, then this show is in vain. Because I do not want you to be well-informed in hell. I want you to be well-informed living in the kingdom and seeing all those saints that we'll be with for eternity because we surrendered our life to the one who gave it all for us. So with that, let's pray about tonight's show and let's get underway. Father in heaven, I thank you in the name of Yeshua, Jesus that you have shown mercy to so many people are on this program that are listening in here, that uh, have been guests on here in my family and, and, and through all the friends that I've known, Lord, that you've been very merciful, especially to those who didn't deserve it. You have been extra 
merciful, and for that we give you thanks. And Lord, there's a lot of prayer requests out there. There are a lot of those suffering, Lord, out there. There's a lot of uh, emails and comments and people that have, they're going through some struggles right now. They're, they've got children that aren't, that aren't walking in the Lord, and they've got families that don't want to hear the message, and they, and they feel defeated sometimes, and, and like no one cares anymore. God, we thank you that you do care. We ask that you guide tonight's program according to your will, to your honor and glory. I pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. Well, folks, I just want to say one thing to those who have sent me some messages and said things. Uh, they're talking about their struggles that they're going through. Um, you know, uh, that you're, you feel like you're in the middle of the battle. I want you to know I haven't forgot you. I'm praying for you. Uh, you know, different people, Susan, Michelle, uh, you know, uh, Kathy, um, uh, Laura, uh, many other people uh, that have emailed me. Uh, I haven't forgot about you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your children. And I know, don't, don't give up. Keep the fight up. Keep the fight up. God will bring them back in his time. You just got to keep praying and trust him. And so please keep doing that. Uh, just one little other quick note as we get into this. My daughter just called me a few minutes before the program started and said, Dad, I need help. I'm like, okay, what? She's like, well, you know, uh, there's a deer down here with a broken leg, and I'm holding it on the side of the road. And I'm like, okay. Now, we, I'm a deer hunter. and she knows, She's my right-hand uh, woman in skin and deer, but we do not uh, enjoy the loss of life. And so my daughter loves animals and she's now my other, my wife got in the vehicle. She's going down there. They're going to take it to the animal hospital. I guess it got hit. Uh, the deer's okay, but the leg's broken. So we're asking Jesus name that leg be healed and that little animal be able to go on and, and uh, live a prosperous life. And uh, so thank God for my, both my daughters who are very sensitive and very loving, uh, loving girls. And I'm just so blessed for that. Well, tonight you saw the episode, the, the title, Unholy Days. This is the most underspoken about sign in the Bible that is not being spoken of in churches. Now, folks, we know we are living in the hour of signs and wonders, and I'm uh, hoping to bring an expert on to talk about some of this interesting things we've mentioned on some of the past episodes that can really bring some more clarity to the message and the stars and things that are going on out there. Because, folks, the Bible didn't just say, you know, that the heavens declare the glory of God for just because you look out there and go, ah, and that's not the only thing. There's actually a message written out there in the stars, and God has the whole plan of salvation out there. He's so amazing that he's even got a witness. And, you're, and some of you might be wondering, well, how, can, how, do, how do people know where to draw these lines to create these, you know, Vir, Virgo the Virgin and Leo the Lion and all that? So, do you know a lot of the stars are actually named, and by their names are the right place that they're supposed to be in the consulate? It's unbelievable what God has done. Just mind-blowing, and we're going to talk about that. But tonight we're going to talk about a sign that is, it's a sign it has been around. It's so serious, it's so uh, uncomfortable, it's so um, uh, polarizing, and it has utterly invaded the church to the point where churches are not speaking rationally anymore. 
They're not now. There's a few that are out there. Not every church, obviously, that calls themselves the church is the church. But this is something that's going on like crazy, and we're going to get into it tonight because it's so important that Jesus reminded us that before He comes, this would be something we absolutely must see. And when we see it, we know that His coming is near. And now, folks, I know what's coming up in the days. We just saw the solar eclipse. We just had four blood red moons. We're having what's going to happen on September 23rd. All these things are signs and wonders, but this sign, this sign is happening right now. It's so important, and it's so absolutely in our faces that we need to look at it, and we need to understand it, and I'm going to tell you right now, this is a sensitive topic, and I understand I understand, and I want to be sensitive to those that are struggling in families, and this stuff is going on. I am here with you. I got you, and I understand. But just because people, this can be offensive to some, doesn't mean we don't talk about the truth. And so I would like to just ask you, if you've got the Word of God with you, if you could turn with me to Luke chapter 17. And we're going to talk about what's going on. Two specific things. One specifically, though, is never spoken of hardly ever in churches today. Luke chapter 17, verses 22 to 33. And this is what the Word of God says. And he said unto his disciples, The day will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here or see there. Go not after them, nor follow them, for as the lightning that lighteneth out of one part under heaven shineth unto the other part of heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. Now, folks, before I go too far, I just want to clear something up, okay? And I know there's differences in belief, but I'm going to tell you how you will know the second coming of Jesus, okay? There's not a mystery. It's not secretive, but I'm going to tell you how you're going to know. Because Jesus said when he comes again, it'll be as the lightning that shines out from one part of heaven unto the other. And so we, every eye is going to see him when he comes again. Don't forget that when you're building your theology about the second coming of Jesus. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return. Remember Lot's wife, whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Now, so Jesus talking very clearly here. And he's talking about the second thing, but he says, listen, if you want to know exactly when it's going to happen, 
If you want to know what is the, you know, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. We've got that. There's going to be earthquakes in diverse places. Got that. There's going to be pestilence and famine. Got that. And we know that when they all begin to happen at once, that is the sign when you see all these things. But there's something else Jesus said. If you want to know when he's coming back, there's two things you need to look for. The first one is that will be in the days of Noah. It's that they were eating and drinking and giving in marriage. Now, when you look at that initially, there's the days of Noah. You say to yourself, well, what's wrong with eating and drinking and giving in marriage? Well, honestly, there's not anything wrong with giving in marriage and eating or drinking. That's fine. I'm not talking about getting drunk. I'm just talking about drinking in general, having a celebration for something. Um, there's nothing inherently wrong with it. The problem is, is that they were doing it and they weren't paying attention to what was going on so that when the flood came, they were taken by surprise. They weren't watching for what was going on in the earth. Even though Noah was sitting there and telling them this was going to be happening, they cared about themselves and their partying and what they were doing more than they cared about the things of God. And so we see that, but it's the second sign is the one that churches will not touch today, and that's the sign of Lot. It was just also going to be as in the days of Lot. Well, I, you know, folks, we know, we've heard about, but we're going to have to get in. Let's go back here and let's look at the days of Lot so we can truly understand what the Word of God is talking about. We need to see this a little bit deeper than just this verse. We want to turn back. So if you've got your Bible there still, go to Genesis chapter 19, and in verse 1, I'm going to start reading down there, and I want to see exactly what God was talking about when Jesus was meaning when he spoke this, that this would be the sign that right before he returns would be happening. Genesis chapter 19, verse 1 says this, And there came two angels to Sodom. At Eve, and Lot sat at the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground, and he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into the servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and ye shall rise up early and go your way. And they said, Nay. But we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they returned into him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. So here's Lot. He sees these these uh, these angels in the these, you know visitors, strangers. They're angels in the street. And I think Lot knows that this is not the kind of street that you want to be on in the middle of the night. And, and also, besides them being angels, he, he, he knew that he needed to, and so he was able to, to, to bring them in. So he invites them in, and verse 4 it says, But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round about both old and young, all the people from every quarter. So word gets around Sodom that, hey, you know what? There's a couple of strangers in town. You know what? Hey, let's go over there and check them out. So every the word spreads like wildfire. Not too much longer. They're over there. They've, everybody's there. They got the place around it, and they call unto Lot in verse 5 and said unto him, Where art the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And so here they're saying, listen, hey, the guys that are in the house, I want you to bring them outside because we want to know them. Now, I've heard all kinds of crazy and strange interpretations. Some people say, well, that just, they just want to get to know them. And, and some people want to, you know, they just want to, you know, meet them. They don't want to have any bad. But the word in here in the original language is yada. 
okay? And so I don't like to say the term yada yada because I know what it means. Yada means to know something carnally. They were saying to them literally, I bring them out that we may know them in a sexually carnal manner. It was unholy what they were wanting to do. And so Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him. And he said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known a man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes, only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. And so Lot says, hey, you know what? He knows that this is so wicked what they want to do, that he says, you know what? Here's my two daughters. They're virgins. Now, I disagree with what Lot did. You don't cast your pearls before swine. You don't give your virgin daughters up to these men. You know what? You protect the whole house. You leave them inside. You don't cast them out to do that. I completely disagree with what he was doing. I'm sure he thought he was doing the best thing possible, but it was just wrong anyways, and I disagree with Lot. And they said, stand back, and they said again, this one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will needs be a judge now will we deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to the door. Um, and came near to the door. So they said, who are you? You're some stranger going to come into our area and tell us what to do? You're going to tell me how to live? This is my town. How dare you try to tell us what to do? Folks, this is a picture of the church today. This is a picture of our society today. Many people, and there's much rebellion even amongst the young, because they've been trained in society that there's nobody that can have authority. And so how dare you tell me that God wants me to do something a certain way? How dare you have authority over me that I must live a certain way? And so we see rebellion going on, and we have these new churches, and the Burger King church, so you can just come in and have it your way. Do whatever. You know what we'll do? We'll host some more art competitions, so you can come in and Express yourself, and no matter how you want to live, and hey, if you want to lead the choir out at the Hillsong New York City Church and you be openly homosexual gay couple, then go right ahead and do it, because here we are accepting of everybody. Because that's the kind of society, and that's how we're framing churches today to meet the carnal desires of those to whom they wish to come into the church, and we're wondering why everything is a mess today. And so here they are out there going to wanting to break down the door because they want to not only be with these men sexually, but they're going to show Lot now. How dare you try to tell us the difference between right and wrong? But the men in verse 10 put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door, and they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to finding the door. See, this is the part of this that blows me away more than anything else that happens in Sodom and Gomorrah. So here they are. The angels understand the situation's getting tense. So they grab Lot, they reach, and they blind the men at the door so they can't see. And so here they are. They're completely blind. And the Bible says that they're still clamoring to find the door. They're still trying to find the handle to get into the place. 
See, the society in Lot's day was so sexually depraved that they had fallen to such utter sexual depravity that even when they were blinded, they were still clamoring to find the door. That's what's happening in our society today. We have become so uh, enamored by pornography, by, by this, uh, any sexual lust and desire, and you can go and buy it and see it and view it and whatever you want, that people are not used to being told no, that they have to wait for anything because everything is instant gratification, even the way with our social media and the way we check our email and the way we do everything. It's instantaneous, and how dare somebody stop you from fulfilling that instantaneous gratification of giving getting your sexual desires on at any second you feel that it's appropriate. And so these men are blind and they're still clamoring to find the door. I'm going to tell you what, this is what's going on in our society today. I don't know if you've seen the, 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 what's going on lately. I don't know if you've read the headlines. Uh, you know, but I don't know if you've seen about the, the new Elle Fashion magazine publishing a shock video of an eight-year-old drag queen named uh, Lactatia in there. Or now the LGBTQ activist praising now Disney Channel because now they have same-sex agenda to preschool children in their new shows coming on there. I'm going to tell you what, Disney is pure evil. They are. Planned Parenthood, you know, now telling preschoolers that what's between your legs doesn't make you a boy or a girl anymore. Or the ABC Family of Roseanne 2018 reboot, which is coming out, will feature the first ever network TV gender-fluid nine-year-old child character. Or how about the lesbian mother demands Alabama Christian judge recuse himself from presiding over her divorce case. And so she, you know, nobody can tell themselves, tell anybody what to do. And if you have any beliefs that are contrary, then you have no right to sit in the court of law and judge a case of something that is absolutely wicked. And that's just a few things that are going on. They've tried to steal the absolute sign that God put out there of the rainbow that was supposed to be a sign that he would never flood the earth again. And now they're trying to take it, which is reverts back even to creation. And so they're trying to take this thing, a group of people who don't want to create, and use God's um, sign of when we recreated after the flood in, in a way in the earth and, he, and, and, and try to use it against him. It's absolutely, it's absolutely grotesque what they're doing. They're trying to, to absolutely kick God and confuse our children to what's right and wrong anymore. And you, you see the Teen Vogue magazine, they're, 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 they're encouraging now children to have sodomy with each other. I don't even like this. It's so gross. I don't even talk about it. It's disgusting. That it's okay. Here's how you can do it. We'll explain it to you. We'll show you how it's done. You know, we can now have with animals if you want to do that's a resurgence now and, and bestiality is coming alive. This is stuff that was back in the old days and now it's coming back around again. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And we see it today with all the advancements into gay marriage and homosexual marriage. And people are just saying, hey, you know what? I just want to be free and have all the freedoms like you have. The problem is their freedom is our confusion. And it's affecting our children. And it's against the Word of God. And it's so bad that in churches now, people are afraid to talk about it anymore because they're afraid that they're going to offend their church members. So they don't want to talk about it. And sadly enough, and sadly enough, hear me on this. 
many, even maybe some that are listening here tonight, have started to question to whether people can make a choice or maybe they're just literally born that way and there's nothing they can do. Folks, let me tell you something right now. If I was to say to you, you know what, I'm sorry, I'm a child pedophile, I was born that way, would you say, well, oh, hey, brother, you're born that way, just go ahead and do what you want to do. You can't help yourself. Or if I said, you know what, I'm just a, an adulterer, I can't stop cheating on my wife, you wouldn't say, blessings on you, bro. you can't stop what you're doing, you're born that way. No, you would tell me to stop. But now all of a sudden, we're taking a, a specific sin, and I know many people like to say, well, sin is sin. I agree, it is sin. Then why are we protecting one sin above another sin because i'll tell you why we're removing the cross of jesus christ that and the power that it has to transform lives and to take the most filthiest vile person and make him a new creature creation and we're saying god doesn't have that power anymore the truth be told, there are ministries out there that are working in the power of God that are changing lives, and people are being transformed back to a straight style of life, and God to get, is getting the glory, but they are absolutely hated because they are proving that what the media is teaching is absolute false lies. I'm going to tell you right now, folks, if your children are going to secular schools and all that stuff, if you've got any way to get them out, then get them out of there homeschool them, put them into Christian school, do something, find a school, Christian school that will teach them the right from wrong. I mean, do whatever you can. And if you can't, then you just surround them with some heavy prayer and keep them protected because God has a way to do it. I know there's not everybody can get them out, but if you can possibly can do that, then make the sacrifice, make the sacrifice. My wife drives 18 miles every day each way so that she can take our daughter to a school that her teacher the difference between right and wrong it's a sacrifice but our children are worth it our children are worth it and i'm telling you god god has got a way he can help you i don't know what your situation is but just pray that through so we see that what's happening in sodom and gomorrah's day is now happening in our day it's happening again in our day. And it's deeper than that. It goes even deeper than that. But I want to, before I continue, I want to share a few things because there's been some instance, interesting observations and some research that's been done lately. And we see this resurgence of homosexual marriage and gay marriage everywhere. We see, or not resurgence, this whole acceptance of it, and it's okay. And by many Christians, it's, it's okay to do now. And so we see this on the flourish, and it's interesting. They've done some research, and some people had gotten together, and they try to do some research into the history of what gay marriage throughout the history of this world. Where has it been at? When has it been popular? When has it... Um, broken out at certain times and so they've done some research and they've they found that there's been times in history when there has been outbreaks in homosexuality the roman empire greece um different places like that uh that they have had it in in different places and and honestly many people will tell you and historians will agree that that homosexuality well maybe not any of the newer historians but homosexuality is some of the downfall of the roman empire and so they looked around, and they found that even though there was outbreaks of homosexuality at times, they couldn't find evidence of state-sanctioned gay marriage. 
So they continued to, to dig, and they continued to dig, and they came across something in the Jewish Talmud. Now, now folks, I, I want to explain about the Talmud, okay? I don't, I'm not a reader of the Talmud, okay? I don't, I'm not, I don't do that. I'm not into that. But, I, you know, not everything written in every book is all false, okay? There's actually two Talmuds. There's the Babylonian Talmud, and there's the Jerusalem Talmud. And the Babylonian is the much more... Um, uh, accurate of the Talmuds when it comes to actual history that's happened and stuff. And, and you can kind of look at the, the Talmud as it's basically, in a way, it's Jews' interpretation. It's like their Bible commentary on things that happened and some of their oral traditions and their beliefs on ancient stuff. And in the Babylonian Talmud, um, from what I re- can remember now, goes back uh, about 1,000 B.C. to the time um, – of, of Samuel and King David, David uh, is when they can date that back to. And so they were doing some research, and in the Talmud, the Talmud had something very interesting to say about this. And so there was actually an article also on it in uh, on WorldNet Daily, and and it talks about they had done some research, and and uh, the guy's name here was um, Jeffrey Sadamover. He, he's an MD and holds three PhD degrees, and he wrote a book that was, call, that was entitled Homosexuality and the Politics of Truth. And so he'd done some detailed research into the Babylonian Talmud, and this is what he concluded. Other than today, there was only one time in history when marriage between the same sexes was the cultural norm. It wasn't in Sodom and Gomorrah, though homosexuality was rampant there, nor was it in ancient Greece or Babylon. It was practiced during the days of Noah. The Talmud relates this issue as the final behavior that led to the flood. Rabbi Ariel Sparrow of Canton, Ohio, a theologian, political and social commentator, and he also is the author of Pushback, and it's Reclaiming the American Judeo-Christian Spirit, agreed with Jeffrey Sadamover, and he said, before the flood, people actually began to write marriage contracts between same sexes. It was more than homosexuality. It was defiance of the marriage institution established at creation that was holy. These contracts gave cultural sanctions in inappropriate marriage. This is why God said, I have to start all over. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so too it will be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating and drinking, and they were marrying, and they were being given in marriage right up to the day that Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. The issue of marriage, therefore, before the days of Noah, takes on now a new concern. According to the Talmud, this was the straw that broke the camel's back. Now, folks, I know the Talmud is not, it's not the Bible, I'm, I, so take it as you will. I'm just simply relating some research that's been done into the history of homosexual marriage. And I'm telling you that it is vile and it is disgusting and it is grotesque. The good news is, is that God can make changes in people's lives if we can believe it and we are willing to not push it to the side that God doesn't have power anymore. But I want to look a little deeper into this story because there's something very interesting. And if you continue in verse 12 there in, Gen- in Genesis chapter 19, it says, And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever Thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord sent us to destroy it. 
So here the angels are. They know what's going to happen, so they're bringing a word of warning. Like many of you are trying to do today, when you're trying to warn your family, and you're trying to warn people that you know, and you're trying to share with them the good news, and you feel defeated, and you feel like no one's listening, well, listen right here. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughter, and said up, and, excuse me, and said, up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. So here, he's trying to relay this message, just as the angels, I mean, Lot knows that this is for real. He's trying to tell his own family, and what happens? They thought he was mocking. They thought he's joking. He can't be serious. There's no way, this, this is silly talk, man. Oh, what are you talking about, old man? You're ridiculous. This isn't, this isn't the right kind of you know, spirit we're supposed to be having and treating each other. God's like, that's crazy talk. You're just a doom and gloomist. You're a prophet of doom. I've been called that before many times. And so they didn't want to hear. And folks, that's the, what's happening in our churches today. Many of us were crying out. We're saying, hey, get ready, prepare. God's trying to warn his people. God wants to do something in these last days. Get ready. And people don't want to hear it. They look at us like we're crazy. They think we've lost our mind. They, they, they don't want to hear it anymore. And so we end up, it, it, gets, it gets defeating and it gets so heartbreaking at times. And folks, what you have, have had happen in your lives when you've tried to warn, it's the same thing that's even happened to the very angels of God when they were trying to also warn in Sodom and Gomorrah of what was going on. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity. And so they're saying, Come on, come on, man, hurry it up. We've got to get out of this city. Everything's about to blow right now. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. So here the angels are saying, come on, man, come on. And they're sitting there, and they're taking their time. And God, in his absolute mercy, reaches down and grabs them and drags them by his angels, uses them and drags them out of the city. Folks, that's what's happening in the church today. God is reaching. He's literally dragging us out of there for because God he loves us so much. He's willing to throw the very kitchen sink. And so today you, we see all this crazy stuff, and at the same time we see people that are going through such hardships. And I think God is allowing trials to come because he wants us to be saved. He's willing to do whatever it takes. Even if he has to drag us by our hand to save us, he will do it. Which one of you wouldn't do the same thing for your own children? Which one of you wouldn't lay down your own lives to save your kids? Which one of you wouldn't do whatever it took? If you knew that cutting off your arm, that your children would be guaranteed a place in the kingdom of God, who wouldn't do it? Who wouldn't do it? Our God's doing the same thing. He made a promise to Abraham that he would rescue Lot, and he was going to do it. And he told his son that he would not, his work would not return in vain. The word of God will not come back in vain. It is not going to be void. It will return, and there will be fruit. And God is doing whatever it takes. And some of us here, we've been struggling and struggling and suffering some trials, and we're wondering what's going on. And God's saying, hey, man, wake up. Wake up. It's time to get ready. It's time to get ready. You've been going to church and you may, you've been going and listening to these empty wells long enough. It's time for you to get back and to start seeking me. 
It's time for you to get back on fire for me. Folks, it's time for us to get our minds focused back around the things of God again. To get our minds away from this evil and this wickedness and all this total addiction to everything that's going on. Folks, we have a ton of programs in here, especially two really powerful ones um, on addictions to technology. Go check them out here. But it is killing our society and this homosexual, uh, transgender. And folks, let me tell you the truth about this. This is the part that breaks my heart. Because truthfully, I love the gay community. I do. I have friends. I know people. And I want them to be saved too. Because I know that it's this messed up demonic delusion. And yes, have people made their own decisions? I got it. But they're in slavery and they're in bondage and they need a deliverer. And so we keep giving them freedoms and we keep saying, okay, you can do this. But it never heals what's going on in the heart. And the truth is the suicide rate amongst transgenders is outrageous because they're broken, because they're hurting. I have a friend who I deeply love, and, and, and I know that he's had some struggles with homosexuality and, he, and, and everything, and I've shared with him through the years. He knows I totally disagree, but he knows I love him to death. And, and I've told him and shared some research that they've done into to a lot of these children who are suffering with these have been, have been uh, sexually abused and, and the horrible. And he was so angry, so angry when he first heard this. He said, that's not true. That's just lies. That's just lies. He didn't want to hear it. Well, after a while, he began to open up and start to share about some things that had happened to him. These people need healing. The homosexual community, they need Jesus. They need a deliverer. Some of you that have children out there that are involved in this, they need Jesus. And you need healing. You can't always change what happens to your children. But you can still have faith. And you can still believe that God is able to change. That God is able to change their hearts. Because he is in the business of righting the wrongs in the society that's happened today. And for those of you parents who feel guilty, stop. You bring it to the Lord. You can't change what your children choose. You can't change what you've messed up on. But you can still seek God, and you can put it into his hands. And I'm going to tell you what, he's going to do some things that you will never believe. And don't you think for a minute, don't listen to the lies of the devil that this homosexual community can't change around. Because when people come into contact with Jesus and the very power of God, they get delivered, they get saved, they get set free. And God is to be glorified because of it. And I know the world hates on it and says it's not possible, but there are so many people out there that are seeing the very power of God and it's happening right now. And don't give up on your children stand firm in your faith even if it upsets them but you still stand strong you love them but you do not accept the way that they are living i know this hurts but you're not alone there's a lot of parents going through the same things right now keep the faith god will get you through this god will get you through continuing on 
the days of Lot. Back in Genesis, it said after he, the angels had grabbed him and to drag him out of the city because they didn't want to listen. They were him hauling. They were taking their time, just like the church is doing today. We're trying to warn them, but they're taking time. We're saying, get and start praying, but everything just keeps going on very slowly. They're saying, hey, we need to get ready with God. And they're saying, no, we need to just have some, you know, more. Let's do some more car washes for single mothers and oil changes. Well, that's great, but are you telling them about Jesus? And so the angels are dragging them out because it's like the church in the last days. They don't want to hear the message. It says, And it came to pass, when they had been brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain, escape to the mountains, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, Oh no, oh not so, my Lord, behold now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life, and I cannot... Um, escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Behold, now the city is near to flee unto it, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. It is, a, is it a little one? Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto them, See, I have accepted thee concerning this also, that I will not overthrow this city for, the, for uh, that which thou, that which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything until thou hast come thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. So here Lot's coming out of the city. The angels say, escape to the mountains. They're going to be, and so Lot starts arguing with them again. Oh, I can't go to the mountains. Something evil will get me. God's saying through his messengers, escape to the mountains, and now you're going to argue more. God is so merciful with us ignorant children of his. And I include myself in that first and foremost. God is merciful, though, to us ignorant children. And so, God, I mean, I can't believe it. And I guess we do the same exact things. He's still arguing. It says, then in verse 24, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of the heavens, and he overthrew those cities and the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Folks, you're going to have some family struggles. There are going to be those that will not hear. There are going to be those that will not listen. There will be those that will look back. But we have to move forward. We have to move forward. It's not going to be every family. Not everybody. God, you know what? God is in the business of saving. But there are going to be some of those God will never force. And if the love of the city is in your heart, if the desire of the city is where you're at and that's where you want to be because it is your desire, then God will give you that desire of your heart. But if you will follow God and you will seek him and you will go after him with all, he will actually give you his desires and put them in your heart. When the Bible says that he'll give you the desires of your heart, meaning he's going to put them in there. So that the desires that you have, they come from Him. But if you have your own, God is merciful. And He does not force. Because love can only be freely chosen. Well, finally, you know what? Zoar ended up getting destroyed also. And Lot finally did end up in the mountains. Folks, here's the thing. When God says, stop, quit trying to take a diversion on the trail. When God says, I want you to go here, quit trying to go there first. 
You're going to end up there whether you like it or not. If God, God's going to do whatever it takes in your life. He is faithful and just. And he will, even when we fight against him, he still continues to pull us along the way because he loves us. It's the same thing we do with our own children. And so we see the sign of Lot is taking over the world today. Folks, I know there's signs in the heavens and they are unbelievable what's coming on. But the sign of Lot should be the clue that it is over. It is over. What's going on, and it's not only in this country, it's going on worldwide. Homosexuality is all over the place. It's going rampant right now, and, it's, and it's, not the, it's not that people are struggling with it anymore. Now they're saying, whatever goes, goes. Just do it, man. Just do it. See, when you're struggling and you want free, God can deal with that. When you're saying, you know what, I'm born that way, I'm going to live that way, and God just loves me, and he can't help you because you've made your own decision. But you can pray and change a person's mind because the spirit of God is more powerful than the spirit of evil and homosexuality that is in this world. Now, people say sometimes, Frank, you don't know what it's like. You've never struggled with being a homosexual. Well, I could say, well, you've never struggled with drug addiction. Have you ever struggled with being an adulterer? Have you ever struggled with this? I've got other struggles that you've never struggled with. But I don't need to struggle with being a serial killer to know that serial killing is wrong. I don't have to have a struggle with something, and I don't, you know, don't have to be always in the same battle. Folks, the worst thing you can do when you are in the midst of a trial of some, is going and talking to somebody else that's in the same trial that's just as down as you are. Go talk to somebody that can talk to you rationally. Thank goodness for those who come around us that aren't going through the same thing so they can speak to us rationally. Don't always say, well, you don't know what it's like to go through. Be glad somebody can speak a word of clarity to you, and they're not going through the same thing. And then when God brings you through, he's going to use you to help someone else. That's what he does. The sign of Lot is the sign that is cluing us in that Jesus is about to return. In the days of Noah, they'll be eating and drinking and giving in marriage. And then he says it'll be in the days of Lot. Now, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. you got two signs back-to-back, one sign that was dealing with sexual immorality, homosexuality, and another one that's dealing with marriage. I don't know. Maybe those two go together, marriage and homosexuality. I don't know. I'm not saying that's 100% fact. I'm just saying it's awful interesting to think about. God is trying to warn us. Folks, we have signs coming up here on September 23rd. We have things going on. We just had an eclipse. We've had four blood red moons. We've had all kinds of things that are going on. But if they weren't happening right now, the sign a lot is enough to prove to us that we are in the very last days of this earth's history. It is the sin against creation itself for those who say, I no longer want to create. I don't want to create. And that's so sad for those who have wanted to create and can't have children. It's so sad. Just like abortion for those who are wanting to adopt. There's so many parents who want to adopt, but sometimes it's so difficult. They end up going overseas because it's a lot easier to adopt that way than it is even here in the United States. And there are so many abortions that are just absolutely, totally against the Word of God. And folks, if you've had an abortion, God can forgive. You need to just confess it, get healed from it, and then move on for it and don't, and don't condone it anymore. I used to think it was a great thing. I used to think that was an easy solution to a problem, but I was wrong. I accept that, and I do not condone it anymore because I know the Word of God, 
And I understand and I have compassion on those who have had it, but they need to confess it, get forgiven by it, and release that because they're now carrying around a heavy burden, and God can set you free for that. But it doesn't excuse the deaths of millions and millions of babies and unbelievable demonic outlash of homosexuality, bestiality, transgenderism, all these things that are going on today's society that is ruining our children. It is unholy days that we are living in. These are unholy times that we are in. And God is calling for a holy people. And you know what? There's going to be some division sometimes in family members. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to go beat them up. Okay. Many of us, we try to present the word of God like, a, like we're taking a sword and slaying everybody. We don't have an ounce of compassion about us. And that's wrong. We need to have compassion and love for those. But there's going to be some division sometimes. But you know what? Even when there's division, God is still working miracles. I saw it happen the other week. I saw it happen the other week. My wife was struggling with a family member, and it had been a hard battle, and she was praying. That everything's like, God, I don't want to be angry. This has been years going on. And out of the blue that day, she prayed, and the person called, and it was like a miracle. That's the God we serve. We are living in unholy times, but when the, un- when the wickedness shall abound, the righteousness will abound even more. It's in the very word of God. God's answer to wickedness is more holiness. God's answering to evil is righteousness. God's answering to perversion is holy living. It's time to restore the family. It's time to get this wicked stuff. Listen, folks, the bedroom, everything, we got to consecrate it back to God again. Unholy, unperverted, things like that. You know what? If, if you've been messed up, you got, it, listen, just repent. Repent. Stop. Stop what you're doing, turn around, repent, ask God to forgive you, and then get your mind focused on Him. Get your mind focused on Him. Now, I'm going to give you just a few words of suggestion from my own experience of how to handle these days. Now, folks, I've fallen like the best of them. If you want to look at a person who stumbled and messed up and put me at the very top of the list, but I'm going to share with you a few things that I believe are absolute key for keeping a person on the right path. The first one is I want to deal with your music. Now, don't get all upset with me. Don't get all frustrated with me, but I want to deal with the music. Because the truth is, is that godly music drives away devils. Listen to what King David, when he would play before Saul, the devils would flee. But folks, if godly music drives away devils, then what does ungodly music do? Well, it invites them in. The music, everything that says it's Christian is not necessarily Christian. Folks, I want to, tell you, I want to challenge you right now. If you're struggling, if you're, I'm going to tell you, get some hymns. Uh, I don't like those old fat. Uh, before you throw it out. Put some hymns on. Put some of that good old-fashioned music on. Listen to those hymns back in the... I'm telling you what, things will change. I've heard testimonies of people that weren't even planning on it were listening to hymns and their homes change. I'm not against all newer music. There is some great godly newer music out there. I'm not against... But I'm telling you, those godly old-fashioned songs will cast that devil can't stand that music that glorifies and lifts up God. 
A lot of this stuff that's going on in the modern-day Christian music is not from God. There are many things out there. Folks, you know it, too. You know it. The things you heard here are the very things you listen to in the club. The very things, some of this Christian music is the same thing you listen to in the world, and we can't keep crossing it over. Ask God to help us, show us what's... I'll tell you, here is the simplest solution. I remember a guy said this so many years ago. A kid came to him and said, you know, hey, you know, what do I do about which music is right and which music is not? He said, well, just here's, let me just give you one thing. I'm not going to tell you what's right and wrong, but let me ask you one question. Would the angels in heaven listen to it? If you want to know what music's right and wrong, think to yourself, would the angels listen to this? I'm going to leave that alone. The second thing from that, is folks that when this is the this one is key. I can remember when I first converted and over and a new believer, and I remember the devil trying wanting to tempt me to think a bad thought, and I'd go into a job site, and maybe a woman was inappropriately dressed. Now this is a man who used to fulfill every carnal desire he ever felt like doing in his life, and a woman wasn't dressed right. I would run to the bathroom. I remember I'd close the door, I'd get on my knees, and I would pray. God, please, don't let me do it. And I'd run to God in my mind immediately, and, and, and I would just pray. And sometimes I'd have to step around the corner, and I'd sing spiritual songs. And say, I, sometimes I'd break out, Jesus, Jesus loves me. You know, I just wanted to sing whatever I could. And I tell you, God would always faithful to deliver me so I didn't have to go down that path of wicked thoughts because I learned how to run to God in my mind. And I learned that from David Wilkerson, praise the Lord. Praise God. And so running to God in our mind is the way we combat the evil and so that we don't have to go down. If you see those wicked magazines and things like that and women, throw that stuff away. Husbands, when you're with your wives, don't let your eyes wander. Don't go checking out other women. It's disrespectful. Keep your eyes focused. Keep away from that stuff. Let your wife see that you don't have eyes for anyone else except her. It's very important these days that we keep our eyes holy. If you've messed up, then repent. Get right, ask God to forgive you, and then stop it. But you've got to keep in the Word. You've got to keep praying. You've got to keep seeking God on your face, in your prayer closets, with door closed, because you need alone time with God. I don't care if you say, I don't have a closet. Then find a room, shut the door, and get alone. Get away from everybody. If it's the only place you can find alone is the bathroom, then go close the door. If you don't have a door in your bathroom, then get in the bathtub and shut the curtain. But find some alone time with God, and he will deliver you from those thoughts and those actions. And I'm going to tell you what. When you follow a few of these basic principles, reading God's word, praying, seeking him, running to him in your mind, listening to godly music, folks, look out. Look out. Those which you couldn't reach, you might just start reaching. Those that looked unsavable might just start seeing things happen. I'm telling you what, I have watched God do miracles to the impossible because he is faithful and just, and he's just looking for somebody that will walk with him. Enoch walked with God. So early in the Bible, God established that even in the midst of the fall, he has a people. He has a people. The time before the flood was very, very wicked, and things were going on that were very unholy and so bad that God wanted to destroy the earth, and it's happening again. But even in the midst of wickedness, God had Enoch. And you know what? Enoch simply means to dedicate. It's the root word of Hanukkah, Shanak, and it means to dedicate. 
If we dedicate ourselves to God, like Enoch, we will walk with him. Folks, I want to encourage you tonight. Those that have been struggling, those that have got family members, those that are going on with things like this, and I know homosexuality is a tough thing. And there's some of you that weep tears over your children. God hears your cry. Keep praying. You can't change what you did in the past with your children. Stop blaming yourself. Get right with God. And when you get right with God, then you can be a proper channel for Him. I didn't say you're going to be perfect. I didn't say that. I said get right with Him. Confess it, seek His face, and follow what He says in His Word. And God will make changes like you couldn't ever imagine. Folks, I want to thank you so much for everyone. I'm not forgetting you. Thank you for those who have been praying for me here at the Remnant Call. I'm praying for you all that you send me a message, you send me something. Folks, I'm thinking about it. I know those that have been struggling. I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon. The days are unholy, but our God is light, and he's needing some people to shine forth in this dark hour. This is Brother Frank with the Remnant Call saying good night and shalom. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.